Life Christian Centre is a church located in the city of Adelaide. It is made up of people from different backgrounds and walks of life who have been transformed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us online at www.life-church.com.au Amen. Thanks, worship team, for leading us in worship. If you have your Bibles, please turn with me to Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. The Bible says this, For unto us a child is born, uh, for unto us a son is given, and the government shall be on his shoulders, and he shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And he shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this opportunity to gather together as the church and to worship and to glorify you. And even as we go into the Word today, Lord God, I pray that you would speak to us. Just need you above all else, want to hear your voice. Bind every spirit of fear and intimidation, Lord God. Just let the Spirit of God come. Let your gifts be in operation even as I speak. Let there be a spirit of of wisdom, Lord God, understanding your Word. We love you so much, Lord God. Speak to each and every one of us today, I pray. And I thank you for what you're going to do even this morning in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Um, As many of you know, Uh, We have an Italian service that meets here on Sunday mornings. Uh, Before we start our first service, we've already done a service here. It's the Italian service, starts at 9 a.m., an older congregation. Just a word of advice for every one of you, uh, if you want to gain some favour with the uh, Italians as they're coming out, you want to greet them, uh, whatever you do, don't greet them with good morning or hello uh, or hi. Uh, Best way to greet the Italians as they're coming out is with the word Pace. Everybody say pace. Pace. Pace actually means peace, all right? So as they're coming out, just don't, don't bother with the good morning. It's not going to go well for you. Just go with the pace. Trust me, if you do this and you do it a couple of times, it could go really well for you. You could end up with some olive oil. Come on. Some honey, organic vegetables, homemade pasta, prosciutto, uh, focaccia, uh, and a whole bunch of other stuff. Question is, why do they greet each other with pace? Why peace? Why do they greet each other with peace? Turns out, this comes from the Jewish tradition of greeting each other. So when a Jewish person greets another, they don't greet each other with good morning, hello or hi, please. Uh, They greet each other with shalom, which is translated in English as peace. And this stems right back to Bible times. When the people of Israel were gathered to worship, God told the priest to pray this over them. He would say, may the Lord bless you and keep you. This is powerful. Come on, let's, let's receive this blessing on our lives, on our marriages, on our families today. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn His face towards you and give you Peace. The word peace there is actually the word shalom. May he give you shalom. I want you to be blessed is what the priest would pray over them. I want you to experience the peace of God, the shalom of God. 
And this was so common, it became part of the way they would greet each other. Every time they would meet together, they would greet each other with the word shalom. And in so doing, what they would be doing is just praying a very little prayer, just as they're they're saying shalom to you. What, What they were doing was praying a little prayer, which said, may you experience the shalom of God. Peace is probably not a great translation for the word shalom. Shalom is much deeper and, and much more profound uh, in, the, in the Bible and in the Hebrew. Shalom is not just the absence of conflict. It's the presence of the blessing and the favor of God. It's not just the absence of something. It's the presence of something. It's the presence of someone. His name is Jesus. It's the presence of everything that God represents in your life. Shalom in a marriage is not just the absence of arguing. Well, that would be good, but that's not shalom. Shalom is the presence of love and friendship and, and romance. It's, that's the blessing and the favor. It's God is present in this marriage. Shalom. In a family, shalom is not just the absence of conflict either. It's the presence of love. It's the presence of harmony. It's families wanting to get together. And when they do, they're screaming and shouting and laughter and banter and joy and good screaming. You know what I mean? Well, that's our family anyway. But anyway, I don't know about yours. But but there's this this desire to be together. And as you look back, you say, well, hey, this is shalom, shalom of God. One of the reasons why Jesus came some 2,000 years ago was so that we could experience shalom, so that we could experience peace. It's amazing with everything that we have today, all the knowledge that we have, all of the technology that we have, all of the things available to us, more money than we can ever dream of. What's missing in our lives is two things that we all want. One is joy, the other is peace. Zyre in prophesying about the coming of Jesus said, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be on his shoulders, and he shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. He's the Prince of peace. Now the word prince there, I, you know, in our, in our world, we think of a prince, we think of a princess, you know, like the prince riding on a, no, that's not what this is. The word prince there, he's the Lord of peace. He's the God of peace. He's in control of peace. One of the names that Jesus is, or one of the names that Jesus has is, he is the, the Lord or the Prince of Shalom. J. Oswald Sanders said, peace is not the absence of trouble, it's the presence of God. Peace is not the absence of trouble or conflict, it's the presence of God. And you know, if there's something we all need in our lives, it's peace. Seems to be missing in our times, especially in the times we're living right now, where anything can change anytime, any day, you know, you might be just enjoying life and suddenly you get a text that says last week you were at such and such a place or such and such a place and you need to quarantine for 7, 14, whatever it is. At Christmas, people talk about peace on earth. Peace be with you. Peace everywhere. That's cute. But right now, there doesn't seem to be a lot of reasons to experience peace. Anxiety's up. Fear's everywhere. World is a mess. And, and no one knows really when all of this is just going to come to an end. 
all of us, I guess, were hoping that by the end of 2021, it'll all be stitched up very nicely and we'll get back to a normal, a normal life. But now it looks like we've got a new friend in the market, you know, um, you go, Omnicron, what's it called? Omnicron, you know. And who comes up with these names? That's what I want to know. I mean, we got Delta. What's the next, what's, what's the next letter in the Greek alphabet after Delta? Oh, it's not Omicron. I mean, forget it. It becomes something simple, you know. Let's call it the Bruce virus or something like that. I mean, come on, Omicron, you know. Um, and so we, we were hoping maybe that all of this would be nicely stitched up and we'd all get back to our lives. But here we are, we're still here and could be here for a while yet. The Greek alphabet's really long, you know what I mean? Uh, John, John Lennon wrote a song many years ago. All we are saying is give peace a chance. Come on, guys, you should know that song. I know, you don't listen to all the music. I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it. Listen to what John, Le- listen to what Julian Lennon said about his dad. He said, I have to say that, that from my point of view, I felt he was a hypocrite. Dad could talk about peace and love out loud to the world, but he could never show it to the people who supposedly meant the most to him, his wife and son. How can you talk about peace and love and have a family in bits and pieces? No communication, adultery, divorce. He can't do it, not if you're being true and honest. With yourself. Truth is, there isn't a lot of peace on the earth. And into this situation, Jesus comes along and says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives, do I give to you. Jesus says, I give you my peace. And, and the peace that I'm going to give you is nothing like the peace of the world. This is a different kind of peace. And I'm going to give it to you. Big question for us is, can we experience shalom? Is it even possible? And if so, how? How can we experience peace in our lives? Before I give you some principles on how I believe we can experience real peace, let me just give you a couple of things that rob us of peace. The first thing that robs us of peace is challenging circumstances. We all know this. Uh, There are situations you didn't plan for, didn't cause, couldn't see it coming, situations that make no sense to you, challenging circumstances that just seem to come out of nowhere. Everything is going well in your life and then all of a sudden you're in a situation that seems to have robbed you of peace. Sometimes it's not so much the crisis, sometimes it's not some big situation that we're faced with, sometimes it's lots and lots and lots of little things. Can I, you know, anybody have experienced that? It's like the perfect storm where You know, if it was just one thing, I can deal with that. I can deal with one thing. But when it's two and it's three and it's four and they all seem to intersect in one week, then, you know, your challenging goes up, your fear, anxiety, all of that goes up, stress goes up, and suddenly it's robbed you of peace. Jeremiah says, disaster follows disaster. The whole land lies in ruins in an instant. My tents are destroyed, my shelter in a moment. Some of you know exactly what that's talking about. Some of you have walked into church because you're facing some circumstances in your life where they have robbed you of peace. A month ago, two, three, four, five months ago, you were experiencing just peace. Just some, just some, you know, just life was just moving along smoothly. And then suddenly you're kind of in this, in this, uh, in this storm of, of a situation that is robbing you of peace. Second thing that robs us of peace is difficult people or people in general, you know, uh, people that are really hard to get along with. I always think, church, no, I was going to say something bad. I'm not going to say that. 
I was going to say, church would be amazing. I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> but, but that's not of this church, though. There's, there's another church, you know. The, uh, church would be amazing, but it's the people. You know what I mean? They make it a little bit complicated. I mean, not you, though. It's the second congregation. They're not even here today. They're, not, they're the ones. They're the painful ones. You guys are the best. Come on. Give her a hand. Come on. Come on. Except for those couple of second congregations that have sneaked in today. I know where you are. No, I'm going to joke. Um, people, people are a problem. Uh, whenever you're with certain types of people, they, they know how to push your buttons. You know those ones. They know how to trigger you, stir anger, argumentative. You can't reason with them. Um, relational problems rob us of peace. And I don't want to make light of this because this is true for a lot of people. Um, especially those closest to us. It's not, it's not as much the boss at work. It's, it's often it's the relational issues within our own families and marriage and friends and so on and so on. David said, with words of hatred, they surround me. They attack me without cause. Anyone know someone like that? As a third uh, reason why we experience uh, a lack of peace or that robs us of peace, and sometimes it's a spiritual attack. One of the strategies the enemy uses, one of the weapons that the enemy uses to come against us is actually he uses fear and anxiety. They are weapons that he uses to come against us. Paul says, be anxious for nothing. The Greek word anxious there means to divide or to separate. One of the ways that the enemy makes us anxious is by, by causing division, by, 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 by causing separation. How does he destroy peace in a marriage? By causing division and separation. How, how, does he remove, how does he remove peace in a family? By causing division and separation. How does he cause uh, anxiety and fear inside of us? By causing division and separation in our minds. That's what anxiety is. That's what the word anxiety in the Greek means. We're separated. We don't know what to do. Shall I go left or shall I go right? Well, if I go left, something's going to happen. And if I go right, something else is going to happen. And I'm worried. I don't know what to do. Anxiety, fear. It's an attack of the enemy. And we need, we need to really be aware of this because this is, this, is, this is the one thing that I believe underlies all of the anxieties. If you're going to put one on the bottom, it's going to be this one here. It's the enemy uses fear and anxiety to come against us. Paul says this, for God did not give us a spirit of, come on, fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. For God did not give us, it's a spirit of fear. And we need to understand that if it's a spirit of fear, it means it's coming from the enemy. And if we're going to fight that spirit, we need to come against him with some spiritual weapons. And God has given us a bunch of those weapons. He's given us the word of God. He's given us worship. He's given us the power of God, the love of God, and a sound mind. Fourth thing that robs us of peace is busyness. We live in a culture that pushes us to the limits. Buy more, do more, accomplish more, conquer more, 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 more. It's never enough. We never have enough. We always want more. We gotta do more. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta keep running. We're living at a pace which is unbiblical and unsustainable. And it's robbing us of the very joy and peace we're so desperate to experience. We kind of convinced ourselves that if I do this, this, this and this, then I'm going to experience joy and peace. But it's those things that are actually robbing us of the joy and peace that we so desperately 
seek after. Job said, my days go faster than a runner. They fly away without my seeing any joy. My days go faster than a runner. They fly away without my seeing any joy. You know, uh, age zero to 16 takes like, I don't know, 150 years to get to 16. It takes a long, long time. And then from then on, it's just downhill. <laughs> and the older you get, the faster it gets. I'm trying to what, what happened to the last 10 years? I don't even know. I don't even know what happened, you know, in my 30s. I mean, I'm in my 40s now, but uh, I, I don't even know what happened in my 30s. I just got no idea. My days run faster. And you know, that lifestyle is in direct contrast to the way that we should be living as Christians, as followers of Jesus Christ. You know, that God's intention for you and me is never, is never to get born and then run, 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 run as fast as you can. It's not the intention of God. God came so that we could experience peace. David said, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. Isn't that beautiful? It's when we allow the Lord to be our shepherd. It's when we allow Him to be, we're like sheep. He's the shepherd. When we allow Him to guide us, when we allow Him to be the Lord of our lives, I have everything that I need. It's the shepherd who takes care of me. And He brings me to places where everything I need, He provides for me. He lets me rest in green meadows and He leads me beside peaceful streams. Nothing more beautiful than just sitting beside a peaceful stream. Sometimes I go to the beach, I just look at the ocean and it's just, it has this really calming effect. He, David is saying, the Lord is my shepherd. When we allow him to be the shepherd of our lives, he leads us beside peaceful streams. It's just beautiful. Now I'm sure there are a bunch of other things that rob us of peace. But now let me just give you a, a, two or three things about how we can actually experience peace in our lives today. Simple principles, but I just, I just pray they would speak to us today. The first principle we need to understand is that peace is not about a position, it's about a person. The first thing we need to understand is that peace is ultimately about a person. So often when it comes to peace, we think, well, if I have this, then I'll have peace. If I have that, if I if I, you know, if I didn't have him or her in my life, if I, if I get out of this job, if I change city, then finally, I'm going to experience the peace of God. Then I'm, then I'm going to, we, we, we live like this. It's just this crazy way of thinking that we, we, we never learn to enjoy where we are. We're always looking either behind at the good old days or we're looking ahead. Well, then maybe, maybe next year or the year after, everything's going to be fine. We never learn to enjoy where we are today. We always think that peace is dependent on what is happening around us. The reality is you can change city, you can change job, you can even change spouse and still be in turmoil because the problem is ultimately inside us, not outside of us. You can have all the money in the world and still not have peace because ultimately peace is about a person and not about a position. And this is so true. It's about a relationship with Jesus Christ. And it's only when you come to Jesus that you can experience real peace. The story of the birth of Jesus is recounted in Luke chapter 2. Angels appear to some shepherds that were tending their sheep and they announce the birth of Jesus. They say, he's in a manger. Suddenly a choir of angels appear, praising God. Listen to what they're saying. Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, 
peace to those on whom His favour rests. Now read the verse really carefully. It doesn't say that there will be peace on earth. It doesn't mean that everybody will experience the peace of God. What it says is that in the earth, there are people that can experience the peace of God. They are people who have the favour of God upon them. They are people that have uh, given their life to Jesus Christ. I love the way the message translation puts it. It says, peace to all men and women on earth who please Him. Here's the reality. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure that there will ever be peace on earth. We can sing as many songs as we want, write as much poetry as we want. Um, there will always be things happening in our environment that threaten our peace. But no matter what we're going through, we can still experience peace as we come into relationship with Jesus Christ because peace is not about what's happening around us. It's about a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's about a connection with Jesus Christ. When you come into relationship with Jesus, you will experience peace. Paul says in Romans, therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. You can never experience the peace of God until you experience peace with God. Peace of God is a consequence or the result of peace with God. And Jesus invites us to come to Him. Just something very powerful about an understanding that that that. that that Jesus is with us. It's a revelation in our hearts that I'm not alone, that God is with me. One of the names that was given to Jesus was the name Emmanuel, which means that God is with us. When you get a revelation that God is with you, there's a sense of peace that comes over that. There's a, there's a, there's a sense of peace that you experience in your life, that God is with us. Um, you know, the Bible says, Perfect love casts out fear. Perfect love casts out fear. What does that actually mean? Best example is, um, is that of a child who, who is distressed in some way. You know, they're playing whatever they're doing, you know, and suddenly there's a threat of some description or they get scared. There's a dog that comes along or something like that and, and, and they get scared. What's the first thing the child does? The first thing the child does is runs to the parent. Why? Because in the presence of their parent, suddenly they feel safe and secure. They feel at peace as long as they're next to their parent. Now the dog's still running around. The dog is still there. But because they are close to their parent, they feel at peace. Perfect love casts out fear because I'm, I know that God loves me. I know that He cares about me. I know, I know that He has my best interests at heart. And as long as I'm close to Him or He is close to me, I, I'm, I'm in a safe place. I'm at peace. I'm at peace. I remember when I was young, I think I told the story, but I remember when I was quite young, remember the old ovens, the old oven, the gas ovens, where they used to have a pilot and you used to light it with a match, you know. You remember the ones? Come on, you know, the, those over 60, I'm sure you remember them. Uh, and so you used to light the pilot and then you, you put the gas on, you light the pilot and then, you know, then the whole, the gas should actually go on. But a lot of times it didn't go on, but the gas is still spilling out and you've got a live flame there. And then sometimes all of a sudden it goes, pow, all of a sudden, yeah, bang, it happened to me once. And I just remember instantly running to my dad and he was in another room, but I remember running instantly to him. Why? Because it was just an unconscious thing because just being there is a sense of being safe. We've got a dad that we can run to. Can I hear an amen? amen. 
Oh, Pastor Joe, you don't understand my dad, this and that. doesn't matter. Your earthly dad, we all have a heavenly dad that we can run to. It's our Father who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. It's Daddy Daddy. He's our Abba Father. And we can run to him at any time we have. And as long as we're near him, there's a sense of peace. There's a sense of peace. The peace around us is fleeting. The peace that comes from our environment is fleeting. It's here today, gone tomorrow. But there is a peace that can come from God. There's the, there's the, the, the Prince of Peace that can give us His peace in our hearts. And as long as I'm next to Him, I feel that peace in my heart. We can be going through whatever storm because He's with us. If you want to experience peace, number one, remember, it's about a person. Number two, learn to do life God's way. So often we don't experience peace because we choose to do life our own way. The Bible is a manual for life. And if we follow its principles, one of the byproducts is peace. Let me give you some verses that speak about this. Psalm 119, great peace have those who love your law and nothing can make them stumble. Isn't that a beautiful word? I mean, we could just stop here. Let's just, you know, let's just break this scripture down. Let's just... It's what I feel like doing. Great peace have those who love your law. And nothing can make them stumble. You want peace in your life? Love the Word of God. Love the principles of of God's Word. Just uh, um, uh, eat the Word of God. Just chew over the Word of God. Meditate on the Word. Know what this book says. Great peace have those who love your law. It doesn't say great peace of those who know your law. It's a good place to start to know the Word of God. But you've got to love the Word of God. There's an understanding in your head that says, if God has said this, then I think there's a really good reason why I think I should obey. We're living in a generation today that says, God, I know what you wrote in that book, but I think I can help you out a little bit. There's other ways, you know. And we kind of look for loopholes in the Bible. People, people are funny. You know, well, I found this scripture that said, you know, A, B, and C, that kind of justifies behavior that they want to actually do. If you want to do that, just go ahead and do it for goodness sake. You don't need the Bible to find a, a loophole in the Bible to make you do Just do it. The spirit of the word is clear. Great peace have those who love your law. And nothing can make them stumble. Proverbs chapter three, my son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart for they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. What a powerful scripture. Come on, church. What an amazing scripture. My son, don't forget the teaching, my teaching. Keep my commands in your heart for they will prolong your life. You wanna live a long life? Skip the vitamins. Don't worry about them. Don't worry about the vegetables either. Just eat whatever you want. But I think there's something wrong with that. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Sounds good. But keep my commands in your heart. For they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. Isaiah 32, 17. The work of righteousness will be peace. The outworking of righteousness shall be peace. The outworking of living a righteous life will be peace. And the effect of righteousness, quietness and assurance forever. How beautiful is that? What the Bible is saying that if we follow after his principles. If you live according to the teachings of God's word. Create a foundation that is built on the word of God. 
then one of the fruits, the consequences, will be peace. Paul says to the Galatians, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Against such things there is no law. You wanna know what kind of a tree a tree is? All you need to do is look at the fruit. You can put whatever label you want on that tree. It doesn't make it one of those trees. The way you know what a kind of a tree it is, it's, it's, it's by the fruit. And what Paul is saying, when you give your life to Jesus Christ, as we get closer to Jesus, as we allow the Holy Spirit to do a work in our lives, then one of the outworkings of that will be peace. One of the consequences of that will be peace. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. The fruit of the Holy Spirit working in my life is gonna be peace. The more we become like Jesus, the closer we get to Christ, uh, the more we allow the Holy Spirit to work in our lives, the more we hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, the outworking of that will be the peace of God. The fruit will be, the consequence of that will just be the peace of God. I read a scripture last night. I just love the scripture. It comes out of James chapter three. Listen to what it says. It says, but the wisdom that comes from heaven, it's just spent, you know, a few verses talking about the wisdom that comes from the earth, which is, which is, which is not good at all. But then he says, but the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure and then peace loving. Um, the wisdom of God is peace loving. The wisdom of God actually loves Peace. I'm convinced that many of the relational conflicts that we have are because there's a lack of wisdom. It's because we try to do things with our own mind. It's because we try to do things with our own hearts. But the more of Jesus we have, the more of God we have, the more we dive into His Word and soak up His Word, the more wisdom we will have. And the wisdom of God is peace-loving. It loves peace. Considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial, sincere. Peacemakers will sow in peace, reap a harvest of righteousness. Isn't that beautiful? Peacemakers will, 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 will sow in peace and they reap a, reap a harvest of righteousness. Um, the Bible says, as much as it depends on you, live at peace with everybody. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ and there's relational conflict, often, often there's just something inside of you that goes, I, 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 can't, I can't live with relational conflict. I gotta do this. I gotta, I gotta fix this thing. I just can't have this yucky feeling inside. It's robbing me of peace. I gotta fix this. I gotta, I gotta do something. And you know, um, you know, whatever that might be. Now, that doesn't mean that we're always gonna be at peace with everybody. Some people are not going to agree with us. And, but I know that I'm going to do the best I can to live at peace with everybody. I know some people are not going to like me. It's hard for me to think that some people don't like me. I don't know how that could be possible. But there are, you know, whatever. But I'm going to do everything I possibly can to live at peace with everyone in the name of Jesus, by the grace of God. And the wisdom of God says, no, you know what? We're not going to do that. We're going to do this. No, we're not gonna do something stupid because, because that's gonna cause conflict. No, I'm not gonna do that. What I'm gonna do is this because this is peace loving. It's the wisdom of God and it's peace loving. It, no, I'm not gonna do that. If it's gonna offend my brother or my sister or it's gonna, it's gonna cause, no, I'm not gonna do that. If I know something 
annoys, um, you know, my wife or vice versa. You know, I'm not, that's, don't do it. <laughs> Amen. Be peace loving. I want to be a, a lover of peace. Harmony by the grace of God. Considerate, submissive, full of mercy, impartial and sincere. One of the ways we get at peace is by following after the principles of God's word. And then finally, we need to cry out to Jesus. Understanding that Jesus is the source of peace, we cry out to him. We invite Jesus into whatever situation we find ourselves in. It's a great example of this in the Gospel of Mark. You know the story. The disciples are on a boat. Jesus is in the bottom sleeping on a pillow. And there's a massive storm that breaks out all of a sudden. Storm that comes out of nowhere. A storm that threatens to kill them. Anybody ever had a storm in their lives that threatens to take you under? A storm that just comes out of nowhere. Things were good yesterday. I went to the doctor for a routine check and then suddenly the doctor says, there, we got some issues. Suddenly you're in a storm. I remember one time uh, I had a bit of a spot on my nose and um, I went to the doctor, got a bit of a spot. He goes, mm, looks at it. He goes, yeah, yeah, most likely cancer, you know. <laughs> Very sensitive doctor I've got. Um, let's just take it out and then we'll go get it checked out. Results will be there in a week. A week. <laughs> a week. <laughs> Do you know who I am? I'm a week. <laughs> and, it, and I'm thinking, well, what if it is cancer? You know, what if, what if you know, and, and suddenly you're in this, in this storm, you know, and uh, turns out it was just a pimple. But anyway, that's another story. But there was nothing to worry about. But, you know, just big zit, just had the squash it and it's all gone. But, um, um, but, you know, suddenly you're in a storm and it feels like it's going to take you under. And that's how the disciples felt. And Jesus is, in, Jesus is in the bottom sleeping on a pillow, says the Gospel of Mark. He's sleeping on a cushion. Well, if Jesus is sleeping on a cushion, it's going to be okay. Can I hear an amen? <laughs> so they, the disciples went to Jesus. They shook him and they said, don't you care if we drown? So Jesus gets up, the Bible says, and he arose and he rebuked the wind and he said to the sea, peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was great calm. Um, I believe there are times where we need to re rebuke some storms. There are some storms that come in our life. You don't endure those storms, you rebuke them. It's, it's not, it's, there are some storms we cause Oh, I'm in a storm. Well, you know, uh, you, you brought yourself there. <laughs> there are some storms God will allow to teach us and to shape us. And, but there are some storms that come from the enemy and they need to be rebuked. And the way you deal with that storm is you go into the presence of God alone and you begin to speak to that storm in the name of Jesus. The Lord rebuke you, Satan, in Jesus' name. Resist the devil and he will flee from you, says the Bible. Should the disciples have had more faith? Maybe, but they didn't. So often we're like the disciples, facing all kinds of storms. We know we should have more faith, but we don't. So like the disciples, the greatest thing we can do is just cry out to Jesus. You can start beating yourself over the back. I should have more faith. I should, I should, I should. That's what the enemy said. You should have more faith. Irrespective, the disciples went to Jesus. And we come to Jesus. 
no matter what kind of storm you're in, even if the one, if it's one that you've caused yourself, the best thing you could do is go into the presence of God. And as you begin to pray, God will speak to you. Joe, you're here because of what you did. Go back, apologize, say sorry. Turn, turn from your wicked ways and do something different. It's in the presence of God. God begins to speak to us because Jesus is Lord of the storm. He's Lord of the situation because Jesus can do more than we could ever ask or even imagine. Peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. You can be in the midst of a storm, but because I know Jesus is with me, I'm going to be okay. He's not going to hurt me. He's He's not going to let nothing happen to me that is going to damage me in any way. If I'm with Him, I don't care. Whatever happens to Him, it's going to happen to me. It's cool. So there's this understanding. God is with us. Paul said to the Philippians, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer or by worship, by petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And here's the verse, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. If you're anxious about something, just go into the presence of God. Begin to worship God. Present your petitions, your prayer. We thanks, Lord, I just thank you that you're going to see me through by your grace and for your glory. Lord, I just thank you that you're going to see me through. And there's a peace that comes in our hearts that transcends all understanding. Doesn't make any sense for me to be experiencing peace. So many people I've spoken to, they've come to me, Pastor Joe, went to the doctor this week, I've got a bad diagnosis. And not sure what's going to happen. But you know, Pastor Joe, there's a, there's a peace in my heart about this. I just feel this, this peace. I can't explain it, but I just feel that peace about this. It's the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. Allow God to speak a word of peace into your heart and life. 1776, a man by the name of Augustus uh, Toplady wrote a hymn called Ruck of Ages. Story is he was walking down a path and a thunderstorm broke out with rain and thunder. So he found a cleft in the rock, a little cave, and he sheltered there from the storm. And he sat there, as he sat there, he thought of the verse, you shall keep in perfect peace. Those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you, trust in the Lord forever for the Lord, the Lord himself is the rock eternal. He's like Ezrock, doesn't move, doesn't change, not influenced by the elements. And so he wrote the famous hymn, Rock of Ages, Rock of Ages, cleft for me. Let me hide myself in thee. Let the water and the blood from thy wounded side which flowed be of sin the double cure. Save from wrath and make me pure. Not the labours of my hands can fill all thy law's demands. Could my zeal no respite know? Could my tears forever flow? All for sin could not atone. Thou must save and thou alone. While I draw this fleeting breath, when mine eyes shall close in death, when I rise to worlds unknown, and behold thee on thy throne, rock of ages, cleft for me, let me hide myself in thee. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. There's a picture here I want to show you. It kind of represents this hymn that's going to come up in just a moment. And here's what the hymn writer was basically saying. 
It's basically saying, no matter what happens to me, my hope is in you, O oh Lord. So that's a beautiful picture. It's a picture of a storm, uh, thunder, lightning, water gushing over. But you see, in the middle right there, can you see in the middle? Some of you need to go to Specsavers. Uh, in the middle right there, I need a pointer. You see there's a little bird hidden in a little cave looking after its little birds, safe and secure. It's the greatest picture of peace that we can experience. And it's what the hymn writer is saying. Some people think that peace is the absence of conflict. Superficial peace, that's based on circumstances. It's a peace that comes and goes. There's another kind of peace. It's the peace that Jesus brings. It's the kind of peace where we can be in the midst of a storm, but still have peace because we're hiding in Christ because we've sheltered under His wings. Barry Maguire used to write a song, used to sing a song that says, there is a peace, the Prince of Peace, and He can heal that troubled mind. He came unashamed to die for you and me. Now you can come to Him on bended knee. That peace is available to us this morning. Christmas is a really special time of the year. I love Christmas. I love everything that Christmas represents. Um, and the message of Christmas is really simple. is Jesus loves you. He's got a plan and a purpose for your life. And that through a relationship with Him, you can experience shalom. Not just some superficial kind of peace. Shalom. Real peace. And you know, real peace doesn't, be, doesn't start with what's happening around us. It starts with what's happening inside of us. It begins by accepting Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. It, it just begins by inviting Jesus into our hearts and lives. It begins by saying, Lord Jesus, I give my life to you. Forgive me of my sins. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Be the Lord and Savior of my life. And when we pray a simple prayer like that, I wish it was harder. It's too simple. If it was harder, people might do it. It's just praying a simple prayer that invites Jesus into our hearts and life. And when we pray a prayer like that and actually mean it, it comes from our hearts, we will experience the grace of God, the mercy of God, salvation we will experience the peace of God. Where there's peace in the heart, there's peace in a family. Where there's peace in a family, there's peace in the community. And where there's peace in the community, there's peace in a nation. And where there's peace in a nation, there is peace in the world. I pray that we would experience the shalom of God in our hearts and lives. Will you stand with me? I want to pray that the peace of God, the shalom of God is going to come upon you. Father, I just thank you for your word today. And I just pray that this word would not just be theory, not just be information, not just be a good sermon, but it would become a reality in our hearts and lives. That all of those that are here today would experience the shalom of God. Those watching online, Lord God, those who are in turmoil right now, for those whom the enemy is robbing of peace, I just pray that they would experience the peace and the grace of God. Every marriage in this church, 
that every marriage would experience the shalom of God. Not just the absence of conflict, Lord God, but they would experience the love and grace and favour. Every family would experience the shalom of God, love and joy that you want us to have, Lord God. Let that be the case here, I pray today. We bind every work of the enemy. We We bind every divisive thought. Every divisive emotion, Father, we come against it in Jesus' name. Our trust and faith is in you. And I thank you for what you're going to do in and through our lives. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let me speak a blessing over you as you're about to go. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face shine on you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord turn His his face toward you and give you peace and give you shalom in Jesus' name, by His grace and for His glory. God bless you. See you back tonight, 4 and 6 p.m. in Jesus' name. Amen.